You're listening to to the Show We Go Baseball podcast. What is going on, everybody? Welcome into episode 63 of To the Show We Go. We got Chris Henrique and myself, Andrew Parker. Uh, it, it is the Nick Mears episode, and uh, if you're not too familiar with Nick, uh, I know that we do have a lot of New England listeners, but obviously we're branching out a little bit. We just had Steven Nogosek on uh, last episode, who's the, just signed with the Washington Nationals. Um, but Nick has uh, had a pretty good season this past year with Colorado, and we will get into that. Um, I obviously spent some time with the Pirates before that, um, but Nick, I wanted to start us off. Um, you just reported down to the complex. Um, how did the offseason go for you? I guess uh, after now you've gone through, you finished out the year with Colorado, you're going into spring training now. Like, I guess, what did you take away from this offseason? Uh, well, first off, thank you guys for having me. Appreciate it. Um, but I mean, this offseason, it's, it's kind of been like, I had a decent year last year, but it was kind of plagued with injuries. I had two oblique stints. So, I mean, the biggest off-season goal this year was to set myself and my body up to endure an entire season because, I mean, it, it goes by quick, but it is definitely grueling on your body. And in Colorado, like, the altitude, you you kind of recover less because of that altitude so it's just kind of setting myself up for a healthy year what was what was the hardest thing for you pitching in the altitude so obviously it's not too pitcher friendly uh, i think that's i think everybody knows that that that's where pitchers seem to obviously struggle for obvious reasons but uh, for you, I guess, without doing that ever in your career, I guess, what was the biggest takeaway from now be like, okay, I got that under my belt and I'm going to take that with me into next season? Um, I mean, the biggest thing is, is like, I try not to think about it too much. Um, yes, like when you go back and look at numbers and stuff on how your pitchers are moving, it's 20 to 25% less. And for a four-seam ride guy, that takes my elite, vert down to MLB average. So it's kind of just, I have to sequence a little better. I have to choose different pitches in certain counts because I can't really get that swing and miss as much on the four seam at the top of the zone, because instead of riding above the barrel, it kind of just goes to the top of the zone. (laughs) Um, And then I also added a new pitch last year, um, a gyro slider. So it doesn't it, it doesn't rely as much on seam induced movement. It's more gravitationally based because it's a bullet spin. Um, so that helped kind of bridge the gap between my four seam and my curveball because it had such a big uh, movement difference in them. And for something to not rely on seam induced movement like the four seam and the curveball. The gyro kind of was right in between the movement profile. So that that helped me out a lot uh, going to Denver because, I mean, everybody that pitches in Denver is worried, oh, my stuff isn't going to move as much 
and they get worried about it and then they try and make it nasty and instead of just trusting it. And that was a big thing was just like, all right, like, yeah, my stuff's not going to move as much, but I still have to be convicted in throwing this pitch, even though I know that. Like, I'm, I'm still out there to do a job, you know? I have to ask, so we've been talking to a, a lot of guys this offseason, and especially guys that have either added a sweeper, sweeper slider, whatever. Um, then you have guys like, you know, I use this as the a reference in the last episode we did, but um, a guy like Nick Pavetta, who's been in the league for a while, um, learned a pitch that he nicknamed the Whirlybird. And it was like a sweeper slider. Like, I mean, I, 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 he doesn't really like have like an exact, so he just calls it the whirly bird. There's like not an exact name, I guess on it, but what led you towards adding like a, a gyro slider like that instead of like a, your traditional sweeper or something else. So I going back to like the movement I had, at sea level, about 40 inches of separation between my four seam and my curveball when it's at its best. So if I'm living at the top of the zone, then in order for me to land a curveball, I have to almost, it, it looks like it kind of pops out of my hand when I have to throw it for a strike. So, and I, I, I was a two pitch guy for two years with Pittsburgh and it was just, they would completely eliminate the curveball because they know that I have to challenge them with the fastball at some point. So I needed something. I wanted something harder. I wanted a third pitch that is, I mean, it hard. I want a hard off speed pitch. That's hard to recognize, which that's all relative. Uh, at the end of the day, but I tried throwing a changeup. I couldn't get anything to go arm side. I tried throwing the sweeper, but it was morphing into my curveball. So that immediately eliminated the the changeup and the sweeper. So the gyro was kind of just emerging as people were calling it like a, a big cutter at the time. Um, but now that we've kind of moved beyond that over the last few years, it's become its own pitch. And I throw what's like classified as a death slider or a hard curveball. It's like 85 to 87, but the movement profile on it, it, it doesn't have a whole lot of horizontal. So it's not like a sweeper. It's like if you guys know metrics at all, it's about negative one horizontal or zero horizontal, but all of the movement is straight down. It's about a negative six vert, uh, at like 86. So it's, it sets up my fastball curveball better because it's right in the middle of the velo difference, but it also looks like it's a, a fastball and then it just, whoop. so I, I did, I didn't get to see on, I, I did take a peek at uh, the old Instagram, but I, I see you, you, you're not too active. You're just posting like mostly like, you know, baseball photos and stuff. I get yeah. it. But a lot of guys are very active. We've had a ton of guys this off season on the show talk about, you know, spending time at, at Cressy. Uh, we just had a tread. 
athletics guy, you know, there's guys, uh, driveline guys. I mean, you guys are all spread out. It's kind of hard to keep up. Like, oh, this guy's over Cressy. All oh, this guy's over driveline. Yeah. Like, um, have you had uh, where? I guess where have you been this off season? And um, I guess, I guess, have you been working on the new pitches and I guess all the metrics that goes behind them as well? Um. So I'm out at a uh, facility called Optimum Athletics out in Sacramento. Um, it just good, good guys there. Like I've been, I was, I've been there since I started pro ball in 2018 and it's, we have a really good relationship and like, they shoot me straight. Uh, I shoot them straight. Like they tell me, Hey, like, I mean, by the end of the season, I'm usually kind of skinny. Just, I lose a bunch of weight during the season. So like I get in there, we have an assessment hey, you're deficient in this, all this stuff, like, this is what you need to do. Great, we make a plan, attack it during the off season. But we also have a, a PT facility in-house, and they actually work with, like, UFC guys as well, um, like uh, TJ Dillashaw, like Cody Garbrandt, those guys. We get a bunch of MMA guys that come in. Um, and so, but they also specialize in baseball, um, just with shoulders, elbows, stuff like that. Um, so I've been out there like, we got high speed cameras, we got track man, we got all that stuff. The only thing that we don't have is like a, a biometrics lab, but that's, that's a lot of money. Yeah. I mean, it, it sounds like you still have everything uh, you could need in the PT and house, man. That's, you don't really see that too often. Uh, yeah. And it's, it's great. Around. Cause like the, the head trainer of, we, we call it OA. Um, the head trainer of OA and the head um, physical therapist at Kime, like they talk every day. So they're, they're always on the same page. If one guy sees something, then they, they talk to each other and then they make a plan of attack and come to you and see what you think. So it's, it's a very good uh, dynamic over there. So, I'm going to kick back to something you brought up uh, previously. Um, you had a few oblique strains throughout this past season. Um, what, um, I, I guess, what were your takeaways from it? So was it one of those things where when you kind of had the setback originally, you, you tried to come back too fast and it just it came back? Like, I guess, can you take us through, like, I guess, uh, you know, just dealing with that on the MLB yeah. team? Yeah. Um, I mean, you never want to be hurt, uh, when you get paid to be on the field. I mean, you want to, you want to help the guys win. you want to be a part of that group that has the success and it, the first time it sucked, but it was like, okay, it's, it's just a little thing. I'll be back. So I didn't give it enough attention. I feel like, um, I thought it was just one of those things that, oh, I, I tweaked my oblique. It'll, it'll be good. I just need some rest. Um, and then it was, I came back about a month later, had some, got optioned down to AAA, had a few appearances there, and then got called back up um, against the Dodgers. And first game back in the big leagues, I, I faced um, Mookie, Freddie Freeman, and then Will Smith. <laughs> Welcome Jeez. back, right? <laughs> Welcome back. 
So uh, I think I, I popped Mookie up, got him out. Uh, Freddie Freeman rolled over to first or second, I believe. On I think it was five pitches. So we're we're cruising, and then Will Smith came up, and we went fastball, slider, slider, slider. Well, on the last slider, I felt it. I, it kind of like it grabbed, but I was like, okay, well, uh, I know I'm going to be going back out. I need to figure this thing out while I'm inside in the dugout. So I walk back in. I'm doing all my stretches, like trying to activate it. Um, and then b- before I go back out for my second inning, I take ammonia and I snap it and I just start huffing this thing. And, uh, all the way out the dugout and then I throw it down and I run out and my first warm up pitch I knew, but I was like, I don't want to go on the IL again. I need to get through this. So I throw my warm up pitches. I know some, it's not right, but I was like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna see what I got. Max Muncy comes up to the plate, first pitch, 86. Comes up as a changeup. And like we talked earlier, I don't throw a changeup. So uh, that's an issue. So the next one, I throw 88, comes up as changeup. Max Muncy swings through it. And then coaches come out, and that was it. I ended up having a, a grade one strain on my oblique and then a grade two on my intercostal, which is like um, the muscle in between the rib cage. Yeah. My goodness. It, um, and you don't realize like how much you use those core muscles until you hurt it. Like I couldn't roll around in bed. I couldn't sneeze. I couldn't cough. I couldn't laugh. Like it, it, that one hurt. Like the first one I could kind of manage, but the second one was that one got me. That sounds absolutely brutal. <laughs> yeah, it, brutal. I, I, I wouldn't enjoy it, or I wouldn't recommend it to anyone. Um, I was Chris, unless you got something you want to hop in, but I was. I, I actually want to ask you because, and I, and then I want to get away. From, I don't know what Andrew's going to seg- segue to next, but get away from the injury piece. But you pitched through tearing your. UCL yeah in high school in high school yeah what's other than like is that like after that's like torn like what is that like because I've never I've never had well I figured I and it's I figured but like I've never had an injury like that you know like I when I grew up playing baseball I tried to pitch and I did hurt my elbow to mm-hmm. the point where it would sometimes, well, not sometimes, well, it would swell up and then my wrist would hurt and then my shoulder. So I knew, okay, it's time to stop. So, yeah. um, but how did you get through that? So I tore it right after my 17th birthday, um, my senior year. I had like um, a college uh, showcase tournament, um, went out there and just blew it out on one pitch. And then spring came around and like, I, I, I just let it be like, I, I was like, this doesn't feel right. Like I went and, um, went to a doctor. He's like, Oh, it's, uh, it's 10 nights. It's like bullshit. This thing fucking hurts. Um, so he, he like prescribed me a topical cream. Well, topical creams don't heal ligaments. So it still continued to hurt. 
And then I went to um, Dr. Akazuki, uh, the surgeon for the Giants out in San Francisco. And he was like, I, we brought the MRI and he like put it up and we told him what the previous doctor said. And he just started laughing. And he's like, you see this like white dot right here? That means there's no ligament there anymore. You're, it's in half. And I was like, I was kind of devastated at the time because like I didn't really pitch my junior year. I just gained like a bunch of velo and then blew out. Like I got up to 92 and then it just blew out. So in my eyes, like my senior year was everything. And the group of guys that we had, like, I mean, they're all still my best friends um, from high school. Um, like I, I wanted to play with those guys. Like those are memories that I'm never going to get back. So I talked to Dr. Akazuki. I was like, Hey, like, is there any way that I can throw on this? And he was like, well, if there's enough scar tissue built up and your forearm flexor is strong enough, then it can essentially manage the workload of the UCL and be a temporary ligament almost if everything is strong enough in there and i was like okay so i went into the season without a ligament in my elbow um the beginning was it was tough um like i was thrown with pain all that stuff and then it eventually kind of got better and better and by the last game of the season i think i touched 92 without a ligament so something yeah, I give but, you credit. You you definitely played through some pain, so that's. I give you credit. I couldn't imagine. I it, now that you say that too. I remember when I went to the doctor, um, his recommendation was I was. I remember my I remember my parents. I had to do a, like this cream thing, and then they had me stop throwing. But every time I threw, like after like the fourth throw, literally, like I felt. I don't think you should feel a, a specific warm sensation inside your elbow. Yeah. There's a difference between when you're when you're getting warm and you're you're loosening up to just it was like a burning sensation and then like my, my yep. wrist I was like I'm good. I pitched through it in my wiffle ball league that I was in. <laughs> Next mornings, Monday mornings, I would have my elbow like out to here and I'd have to wrap yeah. it. But hey, you know what you yeah. do for the wiffle ball. Yeah, it's for the love of the game, right? Well, I want to get away from injuries because I feel like it's a little depressing. And uh, you just you just came off a couple last year that you're probably like, I want to put that in the rearview mirror. So a little bit, um, yeah. You, it's all good. I we 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 understand it. We uh, we were on the on a team last year, and I when some of those guys were hurt, it was like, man, I, that sucks. Like you're taking away their livelihood. So mm -hmm. um, September, you. Got you appeared in quite a few games um, down the stretch to finish out the season. Yep. Um, so I can't see how many games. I think it was 10, 10 appearances, I think, in, in September for you, 10, 11. Um, what was it? Uh, you know, obviously you battled through those obliques uh, earlier in the season, landed on the IL. You come back. You're with the team to finish the year. Um, any takeaways that you had from finishing and you, you didn't finish off, but you finished pretty well, like with the team. So it's like any takeaways you're going to take into next season, uh, just based off your September. Uh, I mean, I think I had a good September until the last two games. I think I scuffled a little bit, but I mean, overall, I think that performance wise, it was, it was good. Um, 
And, but going into this year, I mean, it's easy for me to say, oh, yeah, I have a job. But then, at least to myself, I feel like I get complacent with that. And I want to be hungry. Like, I, I want to go out there and prove it again, you know, because, like, nothing in this career is guaranteed. Like, there's more guys just like me in the minor leagues that want my job. So in my eyes, I think like, I got to come in, I got to, I got to prove it again. Um, like I, I, I want to prove it to not only like the coaches and the team and all that, but like, I want to prove it to myself. I was going to say, I was going to, um, I, I was looking at your outings and I, you did have a couple at the end. The The worst one was Dodgers, but I think everybody's willing to give you a pass on that because they had, like you even mentioned before, they literally have like murderers row in that lineup, yeah. especially well, this next season. I face like the heart of that lineup every single series. So they knew it was coming. <laughs> do you, I, real quick, do you have any thoughts on, I mean, you're in the same division as, as the Dodgers again. So do you have any thoughts on uh, the even more firepower that they added to the lineup? Um. Not really. I mean, I don't want it to come across as conceited, but like at, at this level, like no matter what team you face, there's going to be boppers on it. Like there's, we're the highest level athletes in this sport. Like you're going to run into teams like that. And in my eyes, like, I don't, when I'm warming up in the bullpen, I don't ask, Hey, who's up, who's coming up? Like the next three, I just, I, all I want to know is, Where's the swing and miss? Where do I put him away? Is he going to ambush me? And what side of the plate does he hit on? Those are the only four things that I want to know. Because I don't care who's in the box. Like, my job is to get whoever's in that box out. It doesn't matter the name on the back of their jersey. Like, my job, it's me versus you. And in my eyes, I'm going to win more often than not. That is a closer mentality if I ever heard it. I know you're not the closer, but I do have a question in regard. That's where I'm actually, uh, I'm segueing to my next question here, but mm -hmm. uh, you got to share a bullpen with a guy who probably has one of the better baseball stories in the country in Daniel Bard. Yep. And he's writing a book actually uh, with oh. a guy. Yeah. Well, that's, that's news. Chris, that's public. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. He, uh, Okay. I didn't want to spill it if it wasn't public. Okay. No, you're good. Okay. All right, cool. So he's writing a book. Um, I, I don't know when it's going to come out or anything, but there's a, there's a beat writer here in, in Boston. I don't know if you've seen baseball isn't boring, like any of that stuff, but mm -hmm. Rob Bradford, who kind of does that is writing the book. He, he wrote the book with Joe Kelly previously. Now he's going to do the book with Daniel Bard. And I couldn't think of a better guy to write a book with or about because Daniel Bard, it, his story, just insane. A lot of people in Boston know it, obviously, because he was with the Red Sox. But um, yep. so I'm getting to my question. Um, did you get to pick his brain at all? Because I, I know I know he's probably the veteran guy in that bullpen. Um, mm -hmm. So is does he did he kind of like take any guys under his wing? Like or was there anybody else on that staff that kind of helped you out? Like, I guess. uh veteran wise i mean the entire bullpen is incredible like we all pull for each other we're all 
good dudes, self-proclaimed good dude. <laughs> uh, but I mean, as far as like the veteran presence down there, it's, yeah, it's Bard, uh, Tyler Kinley. Like those are the two guys, like they've been around. Uh, I mean, we would always chat during the games, just like go over games from the previous night and just kind of pick each other's brains. Like, Hey, what were you thinking here? Like, what were you trying to do? Like you see this swing, what are you thinking? Um, and then also just like how to prepare, um, stuff like that. You can always get better at like the mental side of things when it comes to baseball. So I enjoy like talking about that stuff. And we did a bunch of that stuff at Sac city, um, where I played in college. And so I understand the, the necessity of it. Um, because like probably 80% of guys in the minor leagues could probably play at the big leagues. It's just how consistent can you be in the big leagues? And I feel like that comes down to the mental side of things. So, I mean, Bard and TK are a great resource to have in that bullpen, especially for guys trying to get to where they are, you know? Um, and we got a lot of young guys in the bullpen, uh, like me, Jake Bird, uh, J-Law. Um, we had Pierce Johnson last year, who was a good presence in the bullpen, uh, Brad Hand. I mean, just a bunch of great guys. Um, great and just good support. I'm going to keep it teammate focus here for my, uh, for this next question. But um, I feel like the Rockies last year, obviously it wasn't the season that like people probably wanted. I, uh, but I feel like the Rockies had some guys that kind of flew under the radar. And there was a guy mm -hmm. that I really enjoyed watching hit a baseball. Uh, and that was, uh, well, there's actually a couple Brent Doyle obviously came. Uh, his story was awesome to see. Um, but there's another guy that was playing out in the outfield, Nolan Jones, that, um, probably one of my favorite guys that I didn't really know too much about before last season, but then watching mm -hmm. him play a little bit, I'm just like, okay, like, cause being out on the East coast, we, we sometimes like, you know, the, all the games start at like seven o'clock Eastern time out here, they end. And then you're just like, what do I do now? I got to flip mm -hmm. on the, the Dodgers, the giants, the Rockies, the diamondbacks, those teams. It's kind of, kind of fun actually. But, mm -hmm. um, so I got those, I got to see a little bit of Nolan Jones, but, um, what were your takeaways, I guess, from like, you know, some of these guys that, you know, Brenton Doyle came, came onto the scene and Nolan Jones is really starting to become a star. Like, uh, what yeah. was it like getting a front row seat for those guys? I mean, Brenton Doyle in the outfield, like you, you see a guy like barrel one up to center field. You, you don't even have to worry. Like the guy's a vacuum out there and the plays that he makes and he, he makes them look like easy just like when it full layout in the gap and he just snags it. It's like, nobody else is doing that. Like you're disgusting. Um, but as far as uh, Nojo, so I actually played against him quite a bit in triple uh, a with the pirates. Cause he was in Columbus. I was in Indianapolis. So we would face each other a lot. Um, and you could tell he was a little unrefined then. And I mean, no disrespect by this, but because I love the guy, like he's a great competitor, great teammate, great guy. Um, 
but you could tell there was a little bit, uh, there was a lot of talent, but it was just a little unrefined. And then he was, he's playing third at the time before he's transitioned to the outfield in his last year there. And like, as a third baseman in that organization, you're like, there's no shot I'm playing in the big leagues at third base, right? You got Jose Ramirez, who's just a god and just holding down third base there. So um, he started to make his transition in the outfield. And we we're like one of the first series in, I believe it was 22, where he transitioned into the outfield. And you could, it wasn't great, but he was athletic. So he made it work. And then he, we both came over to the Rockies at the same time. And like, he, he, I could tell he was kind of felt out of place, but I did too. So like, I kind of gravitated towards him, like just started talking him up. Cause we kind of, we knew each other through um, Max Kranick. Uh, there Nolan and Max, like, grew up in the same, uh, like out near Philly played against each other. So like we had mutual friends, so we knew about each other. Um, and came over to the Rockies and like, he got called up, didn't play, got sent down. And then I got called up and then he got called up and he, he like made a base running error and then like went over at the plate. So it was a tough day for him. Uh, and he was really down on himself. So I like, I walked over there. I was like, Hey, like, bro, I've seen you play. Like, you're going to be just fine. You're, you have so much talent. You just need to relax. Like the amount of pressure that we put on ourselves because we know that we can do it is it's like, you, you can't measure it. And it weighs a lot when you don't know how to fix it. So I just went over there. I was like, dude, like relax. You're going to be fine. Yeah, you had a bad day. We all have bad days, but you got to flush it. Worry about tomorrow. And then the guy just started raking out of nowhere. He was making nasty assists and throwing guys out in the outfield. He was, he had 20 pumps last year. He was hitting like 300 at points of the season. You're like, he's good. Good dude. Like, great guy. Red Sox fan growing up. So when I found that out, same here. Even oh. Look at that. Yep. I remember my I was, dad uh, jumping up and down on top of the coffee table when they beat the Yankees in game seven. He ended up breaking the coffee table. But <laughs> <laughs> we're, yeah, in his living room, we had a, a sprint car tire with a glass top. And he just started jumping on top of it like, bro, the glass is going to break. Like, we all know that. But yeah, that's that's a great memory I have of like just when I was a kid watching baseball. So what? Why was uh? Why was he a, a Red Sox fan out in Ted out Williams? West? Can't argue with that. It's one you can't really yeah. argue with. Yeah. Well, Chris, I am going to hit my speed run here unless oh, you have speeding. something yeah I, I have one that'll be a good follow-up then um i'm sure you've seen that netflix and the red Sox are going to do yeah. a series as a player in the league what's your thoughts on that just in general i think it's great for the sport um because like i mean especially with social media nowadays like 
people don't really see all the work that goes on. Like they don't understand that they, they think we show up 30 minutes before the game and just go play. No, we're at the field for 10, 11, maybe 12 hours a day on just a normal night game. That's not even for like a double header, including the travel after to another city on a, on a flight. Um, so I think it'll be good to give an insight into what really goes into this caliber of sports. And especially with like all the other series, like the Formula One, the hard knocks, the tennis, all that stuff. So I, I think it's going to be great for the game. Um, I would be interested to see how the players feel about it, though. Um, whether or not like they're intrusive into like team only time or stuff like that, but I think that it's great. Yeah, definitely. Like takeaway from obviously, you know, we do a lot of Red Sox stuff. So takeaway from that, I've been waiting for something like this. I always thought that baseball, and I and if people listen to this podcast, I've said this a million times baseball has gotten better with promoting the game from the perspective of trying to showcase you guys more so beyond just being the athlete on the field. Yeah. So I'm excited about that. I'm excited to kind of get a lot of those behind the scenes. I and mean, we got to see a lot of it in, you know, covering with the Wolf Sox. And, mm-hmm. you know, when you're saying like, yeah, we're there 11 hours, like we see it, you know, the guys get there, you know, and it's, you're there sometimes earlier, whether it's for treatment or you want to get a few more reps in the cage or whatever it might be. Um, so I'm I'm pumped I'm pumped for it because I'm hoping that it, it opens up more of this mm-hmm. type of stuff because I think if fans got to be able to really see you guys beyond being baseball players I I just I'm hoping that it will change a lot of the damn narratives that show up on social media because when a when a fan doesn't know who the hell the player is by name they immediately in their mind they think they suck and that pisses me off more than anything and I'm not even a player like. <laughs> But now getting the opportunity to talk to you guys and understand you guys beyond, you know, a, a guy that can that throws a gyro slider, right? And and kind of learning a little more about you from reading different like pieces of content or whatever. But there's so much more to you guys as athletes versus just what is seen on out in the baseball field. And that is what I'm more excited about that that yeah. to be able to kind of showcase that because there are so many other stories that are available to two people to show for you guys. So that I'm pumped about. There's an opportunity too. Socks are going to be out in Colorado 23rd, 22nd, 23rd, 24th of July. So yep. you might be on Netflix. There's a chance you could be on Netflix. I know. I was kind of upset that uh, we went there last year and I missed the trip. Uh, so they're going to be coming out to us. I don't think we go to Fenway this year. So, but I mean, going back to what you said, Chris, like, I mean, I, if you're around me or like, we meet in person and they're like, Oh, you ever, you're like a baseball player. No, man. Like I'm just a guy. I got a cool job. Like, that's it. Like we're just humans at the end of the day. We're having conversations just like this. Like I just got a cool job. You just happen to be able to throw a baseball really, really hard. But uh, when you're not doing that, you're just like, you know, uh, you face the same challenges that, me and Chris and other guys face. It's like, mm-hmm. you guys are just normal, normal dudes. And I know sometimes you guys just want to be treated like that, but some people are just, I don't know, man. I did have an interesting, uh, I, since you know, Joe Jakes, I, mm-hmm. uh, I reached out to him yesterday and I, I, I'm like, Hey, I need your thoughts on this Netflix thing. And his quote, it, it, you know, Joe. So yeah. his quote says, you know, it's going to be interesting. Think there's going to be some good things of it. His line says, 
My haircut bill just went up though. Gonna have to have a fresh cut every week. <laughs> this dude that has was a his fresh first thought. at all times. At all times, they regard all times like best hair in the league. Like always perfect, like perfectly combed and gelled. Yeah. Um, I remember watching his debut at Fenway. It was like raining, it was like all this, and my fiance was watching the game with me, and she was just like who's this like hunk on the mound? Cause he like took his hat off. Like he, yep. cause it was still like perfect. pouring. It's it was still like perfect. Takes the hat off, slick perfect. Back. I don't know how he does it. Like his beard is like perfectly lined up. I'm like, dude, uh, this guy is a model. Yeah. He just happens to be good at throwing a baseball. I don't want to tell you, <laughs> but yeah. So yeah, that's, that's the, that was his thoughts. I thought you'd get a kick out of it, but all <laughs> right. Good. We want to get to know you a little more outside of baseball here. So yeah. like you said, you're just a guy who has a cool job. So I have a speed run of questions here. I'm not even going to give it a time limit because I yep. think you're an interesting guy already. And I feel like your Thank answers you. might give us some, uh, I don't know. So I have some questions if you're ready for it. Yeah. All right. Let's start this off. Movies, shows, or live TV? Uh, I'm about to watch Masters of the Air after this. Um, I just got Apple Plus, so I've been binge watching Ted, uh, Ted Lasso. Um, but I would say my favorite movie of all time is A Knight's Tale with Heath Ledger. All right, I got two follow-ups on that one. One Masters of the Air is incredible. I'm on yep. season or episode like three. Oh my yep. gosh, fantastic! Um, and then two, which one though? If you had to pick, are you a movies guy, a show guy, or live TV guy? Like, movies. What do you prefer? Okay, movies probably. Okay, thoughts on Ted Lasso as well. Uh, great character development. Um, sometimes a little too much to where there's like a, a little lull uh yep. in the uh, actual like um sports aspect of it but overall i mean i love it i'm i'm like almost done with season three and i started it about a week and a half ago oh man yeah man not a lot of grass has been touched uh no. outside of working well it, it's it's raining here so in, in arizona i mean come on Oh, I did see the waste management was uh, postponed today because of the inclement weather there in Phoenix, yeah. Scottsdale. I forgot where they yeah. were. Um, all right. Sorry. I, it is a speed run and I got a little whatever. But I didn't good. test it this time. You said don't time it. So. All right, cool. Best game you've ever played in, like that you've been a part of? Mm. Uh, my favorite one, um, it was – like the beginning or middle of September in 2021 when I was with the pirates versus the reds, they were like right on the cusp of like making the playoffs and not making the playoffs. So, uh, they were like making a push. They had a pretty good team at the time, like Castellanos, Votto, Farmer, um, good group of guys over there. Uh, and then, so the game before, I gave up three or four runs on some jam shot, broken bat bullshit and some walks. Um, so this was my redemption. I faced him again uh, in Cincinnati. Uh, I get the bases loaded again with no outs. And then um, 
Joey Votto comes up, I pop him up. Uh, Cassianos comes up, I pop him up. Kyle Farmer comes up, and I strike him out. Uh, bases loaded, no outs, got out of it. Um, first time I made uh, ESPN because I'm walking off the mound, and I was pretty pumped. Uh, I said some choice words, uh, and you could definitely read my lips. Um, so... Yeah, that was probably the most fired up I've ever been uh, playing baseball. Um, and just like, it, it's redemption. Like, how can you not, a come, lo- not love a comeback story, you know? Love it. What song will be your walkout song in 2024? Oh, so the last two years, it's been Dragula by Rob Zombie. Um little heavier metal for you uh i was thinking about doing like an edm song this year um maybe empathy by bass nectar uh but or like uh what is it um gold dust by adventure club like an old uh dubstep song okay so we'll see yeah we gotta do andrew is we got to go back to these speed rounds and get some of this music and put together the to the show playlist of all these players songs. Oh yeah. Is this some interesting, I, the Dragula, I, I didn't pin you it for a Dragula. So I'm a very calm guy, but I'm very intense once I get on the mound. Um, uh, I think of it as like, Hey, you're in the box. You're in my way. You're going to move type deal. So, uh that's why i chose rob zombie if there wasn't a bunch of copyright shit i would i would use these songs in after the intro or whatever but at some point i feel like i would be threatened to be sued so it's gonna, it's gonna catch up to us yeah <laughs> so. somebody's gonna listen to it and we're like oh man we didn't want it to get that big but all right <laughs> um all right you're i just had to peep because normally okay you're you're 27 you're uh mm-hmm. you're still a young guy you still uh Got plenty left in tank, but I want to go by the age of, let's say, 32. So about five years. So by the age yeah. of 32, you want to have accomplished what? Um, All-star game. Uh, I don't really care about the role because, I mean, like it, uh, the role in the bullpen. Like, I just want to win. That That's the only thing. Like, we're here to win. Um we get paid to win. We go on the field to win. Um, I want to win a World Series or at least make it to um, the uh, championship series. Uh, I want to be in the All-Star game, and I want to have uh, the highest Ks per nine. Lofty goals, but you gotta got to shoot for the stars. Exactly. Um, I don't hate it. If they were – if there was one rule in the MLB or minor league ball that you could change, what would it be? Uh, especially Mark, in Colorado. Mark tells me that there's a lot that you would change. Um, I just need one. It's the low-hanging fruit. I mean, uh, the pitch clock. Because, I mean, fellas, running in from right field to the mound <laughs> – you're gassed <laughs> all right like we're, we're in pretty good shape over here like but i'm running 300 feet and then i gotta face the best guys in the world 
and I got 15 seconds in between. I'm still trying to catch my breath after my warm-ups, guys. Like, come on. <laughs> They're trying to shorten it too, aren't they? Oh, like, the, I mean, we got a uh, Colorado guys. Come on, like, we got to add a little bit. Like, have a little feel. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Favorite athlete outside of baseball. Uh, De'Aaron Fox or Lando Norris. Okay. Oh, that's right. Okay. Sacramento guy. All right. Fair yeah. enough. I only met one Kings fan in my entire life. It was Nick Sogard in, in Worcester last year. And I'm like, dude, you are the only Kings fan I've ever seen. <laughs> Light but, the beam, baby. Come on. Yep. Yep. See, I've heard him say that a few times. All right. Weirdest baseball superstition that you've, that you've had in your career or that you've seen. Hmm. Um, that's tough. It's, it's usually always starting pitchers that have the weirdest, uh, superstitions. Um, I'm trying to think, oh uh, no, there was a catcher in, uh, high a in 2019 with the pirates. He, um, he couldn't wash his jock strap when he was hitting good. It was the nastiest thing ever like we're in florida in summer and this guy's not washing his jock strap just to give you an image or a, a smell if you will it was uh pretty nasty okay i i can taste that smell that's that's <laughs> not not great um all right next question here who is a player that you've played with or against your entire career that has left you thinking, holy shit, that guy is the most incredible talent I've ever seen in person. O'Neal Cruz, um, Tovar in the field is, he's really good. Um, who else? Bednar, just like, David Bednar, like just how he pitches, um, I re I really respect him for that because like he he just challenges people, like he doesn't care. Um, but I would say O'Neill Cruz, like that guy is when he like puts all of his effort in, he is one of the best players I've been around. That's fair. Nobody's going to argue with that. I, I love watching him play. Um, last year when he got hurt. Yeah, yeah. I felt bad for him, man. He, uh, he cares a lot. He's a, he's a good dude too. What is a guilty pleasure of Nick Mears? <clears throat> Being out in nature. Cause like we were in cities all year, like all this, like, noise and a bunch of like uh just noise everywhere so like during the off season like uh where i live is like away from kind of everybody it's like in a rural part of sacramento um so like i'll just sit out there and it's dead quiet like you can hear just like the birds or like the frogs uh and you just sit there and on like a clear, clear night, you just look up and all the stars are there. You can see everything. Just 
there's peace and silence, I feel like. You would enjoy New Hampshire. Just moved up here, and it's a lot of that. Really? Um, all right, next few questions here um, are food-related, so just get ready. We went from uh, dirty jock straps to food, so it's all good. Um, this is an important one. I need your favorite fast food fried chicken chain. Um, now, I would say Zaxby's, but uh, I haven't had Raisin Cane's enough to fully give it a shot at that title. Did You said Zaxby's was your favorite? I don't eat a lot of fried chicken, I'll be honest. That was the correct answer, was Zaxby's. So. Oh! Yeah, I've asked every single guy on this show. You are episode 63. Every episode is a different guy. I have gotten Zaxby's four times on the really? show. You're number five. That's incredible. When I, a, it's like, when I played in Greensboro, our apartments were like right next to Zaxby's. So oh, like, cool. yeah. You, you still got to get lunch before you go to the field. You just drive to Zaxby's on the way out and then go. I would have been in absolute heaven. There's no Zaxby's in the Northeast, so I'm kind of screwed right now. That um, hurts. But appreciate the Zaxby's love. That's uh, It's in my Twitter bio. I, I mean, I, I have to push their product as much as I can. So He's trying um, to get the podcast sponsored, but unfortunately, only five people have said they like Zaxby's in there. <laughs> everybody says chick-fil-a when i ask the question it's like i can't really present that to zaxby's social team and if everybody just says chick-fil-a on the show right? see i feel like chick-fil-a is just the low-hanging fruit it's easy to say like yeah, it's yeah it's, i would say um, it's it's good but zaxby's is made with love in the south you know they take pride in the chicken clip Here's this chris all right. Appreciate that, Nick. That's uh, definitely getting clipped and going into the montage of Zaxby's love. So that way I can present <laughs> it to him. Um, I'm on a chicken kick right now, but it's a big debate. Are you drums or a flat guy? Drums. Too much work for the flats. Yep. I'm with you. This is more meat. Uh, it's a lot of work, though. Um, go to pregame snack. Mm, a stinger. The Stinger Waffles. Oh. Have you guys seen those around the clubhouse? Okay. I didn't see them in the Woosox clubhouse, but I know you're talking about. I used to uh, – yeah. not going to give them the free pub like uh, Andrew does to Zaxby's, but I, I used to work for the number one sporting goods retailer in the country, mm-hmm. um, and we sold those. Yeah. I've tried them. The I tried a honey one, which was, it wasn't bad. The others were eh, but the honey wasn't bad. Yeah. I usually get it with coffee. I'll ha- grab a stinger, grab some coffee, and then start walking out to the bullpen. Okay. I just looked it up and had no idea what it was. Interesting. All right. I don't know if I saw those around the Woosox locker room. Um, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't see those. I didn't either. I think Norfolk did have a bunch of them because those wrappers look very familiar. They're like the honeycomb yeah. type thing. Yep. I, yeah. I always just ask the guy from the Boston Globe who just helped himself to the food in the Woosox kitchen. Maybe he knew. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Last food related, worst topping to put on a pizza? Anchovies. Oh, I'm with you. Oh man. You know, I've never I've never tried anchovies, so I can't go and I and be like weigh in either way, but have you ever just like put salt on your tongue? Not <laughs> yeah, I, uh, maybe. I mean 
it's like super salty, like slimy, the texture and the taste. It, it just doesn't do it for me. I'm good at that point then. I'm not. Um, that was all my speed run questions, actually. I, I know I called a speed run and it was probably like 15 minutes. So I apologize for that. But good. Um, I usually give this time for Chris to follow up on some of the answers um, mm -hmm. that you gave because he's always like, oh, what about this? So there's, what do you got for me, Chris? I, I, there's weird shit that intrigues me. I'm a, I'm a weird cat. So um, I do want to know, because you had mentioned some things in some shows. Um, are you, because I'm a big Seinfeld, Kirby Enthusiasm guy. Do you happen to partake in viewing either one of those programs? Um. I don't, but when I was younger, my mom would always have uh, like friends on, but my dad was more of a Seinfeld guy. Um, and personally, I'm more of a Seinfeld guy. I, I just match with the humor a little better. I'm going to try to incorporate things. I'm like, because I'm, I'm big with, like I said, I love those two shows. It's Curb's mm -hmm. final season. Larry David's on my bucket list of somebody that I like to interview, but I mean, I'm gonna have to make that quick because I think he's like 76. So yeah, he's getting up. Jeez, Chris. Wow. We might as well be honest with it. Uh, you, you have a um, you mentioned a couple of songs that's in there. What's like? What's like your normal vibe? Like if you had the opportunity during the summer, you're not say you're not playing baseball and you can hit up a couple of shows. What would be like your speed of music you'd go? Are you like all over the place? You know what I mean? Could you do a concert, like a, a country show and then go to like a rock show or like what's, what's your, like your vibe when it comes to music? Um, I wouldn't say I would go to a country concert. Um, I, old country, I'd be down, but I feel like all of the new countries more like R and B with country behind it. It's not country. Like, um, like, I, I don't know. It's, I usually listen to like, um, EDM or like rock music, um, a lot of like house music, uh, progressive house. Um, like, I think my Spotify recap said like it's 95% uh, house music and then 5% like heavy metal. And that's usually when I'm working out. So I don't know. I just, it's melodic. It kind of, soothes me and i can kind of like jam out to it at times yeah i'm not big into country however i did the, the, i think say the closest to country i saw jelly roll which i would say mm -hmm. like was great yeah, yeah. I, if you get an opportunity to see him he puts on a great show and my my random show that i went to last year which i was embarrassed to say that i went to but now i'm not is i went to see nickelback and i have to tell you what it was one of the best concerts i've ever been to yeah i've never really been to a show where every single person knew almost every it was like every single song like the crowd sang to every song and the place was packed from the front of the stage to the back of the wall so i'm gonna uh i'm gonna i can say i'm okay with nickelback my buddies bust my balls about it all the time <laughs> i'm gonna get the i'm gonna get the same treatment because creed is gonna be playing up here in august Ooh. i'm gonna go and i'm gonna go see creed they don't want to go but i'm gonna go good day if you got to go by yourself, that's worth it. I got <laughs> like I've, I've gone to shows by myself. Like, hey, if it's if it's your shit, like, I I just think about it though. Like during the baseball playoffs with the Rangers, and you had that like just the way that like, and it just kind of brought you back. Or I was you know I'm older than Andrew, so I'm like I can I remember those songs and stuff like that. I'm mm -hmm. like you know, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna we're gonna do Creed. 
Yeah, like cue the the Super Bowl uh, video of him on the the drapes swinging across yeah. during halftime. Yeah, that'll be my entrance after the podcast. After that, me <laughs> riding in higher. All right, I'll, All right I, Nick. I'll oh, you you've given us fifty five minutes of your time. We're about to cut you loose here. I had yep. one final question, and then we can let you go. Um, Super Bowl is in a few days. When this is released, this will be Friday. So the Super Bowl will be in two days. Obviously, you live, you're from relatively close to 49ers, but I don't know if that makes you a 49ers fan. So, no. Who are you, who are you rooting for in the Super Bowl? Uh, I'm probably rooting for the 49ers, but I don't think they're going to win. I think that Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, just because of the, they've been there. They have the experience of playing on that stage, whereas the 49ers, not a lot of them have that Super Bowl experience. Um, but, I mean, the 49ers offense is really dangerous. Um, but the Chiefs are also, you, you can't, if you got to contain the homes, if you don't, like anything is possible. So, yeah. I've learned not to bet against them. It's just like yeah. Tom Brady back in the day. You just like, you can't bet against him. You just can't. Like, it's just, it's, he's proven time and time again. It's just like Chiefs were 11 and six this year. And it's like, oh, they're not that good. And then they, and they're in the Super Bowl. They yeah. win when it matters. This That's was a it. down year and they're in the Super Bowl. Yeah. So, Whatever it tells you, man. But Nick, you've given us an hour of time. So we hands down appreciate that. It was obviously good to get to know you a little outside the field and everything. So uh, appreciate you hopping on. And uh, we're definitely going to be rooting for you uh, this next season. But thank you. Appreciate you guys. Thank you for having me.